Get a friend, get informed, and get involved. It's We Are Not Cattle Radio. Hello, and we are live. Thank you so much for joining us. It is the ninth day of November 2014, and we'll be live here for the next hour on We Are Not Cattle Radio. Thanks for joining us once again. So, I'm sorry that I've been kind of inconsistent with my production, but I do want to uh, send out some... Thanks to all of you guys that are sharing my podcast. It's actually groaning, growing in traction now, not groaning, gosh. Growing in traction, and, um, and I think it's all from the topics that we cover here, because it's not a, a right-left uh, paradigm. We look at both sides of the political structure, and we make sure that we analyze it for what it is. Not pulling any punches with anybody else, and just making sure that the information that we're being given here uh, to the general public is fairly accurate and that we are all considering every angle. And I think it does run this idea that um, going against the status quo has become somewhat of anathema now. It's not, um, it's not difficult to go against the status quo because people understand that, that things are changing. The information's readily available. You can't just call me a conspiracy theorist anymore because I can show you information that'll make you even question your belief system. And that's what it really comes down to, everybody. It comes down to questioning everything. You know, not just buying into something because it's easy. Because it's like the old adage said, anything worth doing is going to be difficult. So if you want to understand... Geopolitics, if you want to understand other aspects of our culture and other aspects of, of what we're doing here and why we're on this planet, you're going to have to put in the time and effort to do so. And it's not just me saying that. That's, that's basically everybody. There is, no, there is no silver bullet. There is no magic button that you can press to give you all the intel, to, to make you an enlightened human being. It just comes from hours of um, questioning, hours of reading, research, and, and conversation. And I think that that's a, uh, an important piece that we do miss in, in today's modern society, the conversational piece of reality. That's what I wanted to spend a little bit of time on today. I do want to get into some of the uh, some of the Ebola news. Um, I think it's really interesting, and we'll get in. We'll touch on some geopolitics, some um, political stuff here in a little bit. But what I think is is essential is for us to have conversations and not have not have the borders up, not have the preconceived notions of what you believe life is, the preconceived ideas, the the. Um, the staunch political positions that you have, not even contemplating or, or trying to understand why a person on the other side of a political spectrum would think a certain way. It's just, no, this is my way and this is the way that it's going to be because this is what I believe is the most effective. Of course, I'm, I'm guilty of that as well, but where all my political ideology and my political vision comes from is from reading... Uh, great philosophers, people that existed hundreds of years ago that talked about the same stuff that we talked about. And so it's funny, when Josh and I were talking the other night, he mentioned Thoreau and about how Thoreau sounds like he and I. Well, because it's the same struggle. It's the same intellectual struggle. It's the struggle of, do we want to be free and independent human beings uh, given the opportunities to, to grow and expand a civilization on a, on a planet in, in, in a universe out in space? Or do you let a bunch of people that have um, con artists and, and um, quick-witted frontmen come in and preach to you and tell you that things are one way and really they're not. 
and you just buy into it because you've seen no change in the system. You've seen, you know, nothing to to show contrary to what they're telling you. So you buy it. And then you and then you don't even really go back to it. You don't revisit it. You just say, "Well, this is kind of where I'm at and this is kind of what I believe and I'm just going to I'm going to stay here." And when somebody like myself questions certain narratives, whether it's a, a nationally accepted narrative or whether it's something that's a little bit, you know, out of the mainstream. You question Sandy Hook, you watch people from Fox News and, and every other mainstream media affiliate just, you know, lose their stuff or you question the Boston bombing or question a lot of these different things because it, that means that they're going to have to invest time and they've already got the time allocated in different aspects of their life where they want to use that time, whether it's with their kids, whether it's with you know spacing out and watching football or Project Runway or whatever it is. But I think the conversational piece will have to come back into play. We're going to have to put down these borders of um, ideological beliefs and really have conversations. And of course, you're, you're not going to change somebody's mind. You know, and you can debate certain topics and debate certain ideas, but please approach it with the understanding that you're probably not going to change that person's mind, and that's what you don't need to be about. Remember, this evolution is an evolution of knowledge. It's an evolution of understanding. So you don't give somebody a fishing pole and say, here, go catch some fish. You show them how to build the pole. You show them how to pick out a good spot to go find fish. And you, you teach them the tactics of baiting a hook, you know, and uh, even attaching a hook to a line, those types of things. Give them the tools. Get them to ask the questions. And if they don't want to ask the questions, then move on. But what we're going to start to see here now that society is gaining this momentum, and it's an interesting momentum because what's the, the political people in charge are definitely going to try to capture the momentum that happened in the last elections because it was, it was a, a, a riding of the ship, so to speak, from a purely fascist, authoritarian, psychopathic nanny state to some ideas of maybe freedom and a little bit less taxation and a little bit more liberty, but that's all you're going to get because they're going to marginalize that because if you stay in the middle, once again, that's why it creeped me out that MS or I think it was NBC did a, did a big article about how, hey, 85% of Americans just land right here in the middle. Yeah, that means you're not opinionated. That's really, really bad. Because then we don't have constant debates, then we don't have conversations, then we just have these stupid echo chambers that we all live in. The echo chamber of the echo chamber of um, Democrats or the echo chamber of Republicans, and there is no real debate. No, we need to push it to the next step, everybody. And the next step is real debate. Why are we in all these wars? What the hell is a black budget? Wait a minute, you guys get more money than what you that you report to us? What about derivatives? What are those? Oh my gosh, those are out of control. What what what's that about? What about the LIBOR rates? What about all these scandals that have happened? We need to start to point the public in the direction now that they're starting to understand that hey, maybe politicians lie sometimes. Hey, maybe politicians aren't my buddies. So now we got to put them in a position to say, "Okay, You've gotten to the political point. That's great. Now let's go to let's go to the next step. Now let's look at who's funding the political operations. Man, why do these interests fund both sides of the political spectrum? Oh, they probably just want to win. Yeah, and what do they want to do? Is there a policy that they're looking to deploy? Is there an agenda that they're looking to get across? See, the front man of the president or the the paper pusher in America gives the idea to people that are less politically savvy that the president has an agenda. It's the president's agenda. That guy is a dumbass. Excuse my French. No, actually you're you're not a dumbass like socially, but he doesn't he doesn't pull any political clout. There is not an agenda that he is trying to push. He is pushing other people's agenda. Not his. This is not what Barack Obama didn't wake up yesterday and go, man, you know what I need to do today? 
I need to try to further legislation to do this, and I need to try to push, put pressure on the Republicans to do this. That's a fantasy game that you guys convince yourself is going on in Washington. That is a fantasy world. That is not reality. And reality isn't even something like House of Cards. That's not even reality. It's probably much worse than that. I've been involved in local politics, and it's crazy. So this idea, this this real this real belief that Barack Obama has these oh he's got these agendas and he's trying to get them through and he's coming for the guns and no 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 that's a long term strategic plan but that is not his plan. So Jake, where do we learn about these long term strategic plans? Well, it's funny on my website wearenotcattle.net. And are things I think you should know, or you can just Google books you should read, and then wearenotcattle.net, and I've got five PDFs of books that I think are relatively crucial to understanding what we're going through. I think A Brave New World on all, by Aldous Huxley is in there, Tragedy and Hope, um, The uh, Last Will and Testament of Cecil John Rhodes, and um, Ecoscience, I think, are all in there. Now, eco-science is interesting because you're, as you're reading eco-science, especially if you're somewhere around my age, about 35 years old, this is going to be like reading your science book from high school or from junior high. So a lot of these policy people that, that are put into positions of power like this are, are basically trying to establish the agenda and move it forward, and they don't care which political party is in power. They can buy off whomever. They don't care. There's, there's ways. People are blackmailed. I mean, stuff happens. It's just That's just how the world works. And this idea, this nebulous idea that no politicians are ever bribed and there's never any collusion or coercion going on in Washington, D.C., and that politics is the best way for us to exact change, it's it's exact opposite. It is the exact opposite. Josh and I talked about this the other night. It's not a reform of politics. It's not even a reform of policy. It's a reform of your mind. It's a reform of your consciousness. You are an individual compatible unit that can make its own decisions that is self-aware. God, I hope you're self-aware if you're listening to this show. And can rationalize and can think and conceptualize the reason I'm telling you this is because we're intellectually stunted by technology, by the deployment of the technology as a weapon. It is not used to better society in a lot of different ways. It is used as an absolute weapon system to dumb you down, to keep you out of the game, to keep you distracted, while policy... Long-term strategic human policy, not just American politics. Remember, when they always talk about, oh, this would be bad for America, they're not talking about you. They don't give a flip about you. They are talking about the interests that are America. Remember, America is a corporation. So we are a corporate group. We are no longer a republic for the most part. We are a group of oligarchs. That steer by using special interest the policies and procedures of the United States. The taxpayers, you guys have no chance. You wanna you wanna have real change? Everybody homeschool your kids. You wanna have even bigger change? Nobody pay taxes. You wanna have even bigger change? Nobody spend money for three days. Nobody go to work, nobody spend money for three days. Game over. Game over. But what happens is they get you addicted to this. Fictional. It's, it is. It's fictional. It's not even real. Fictional money. Fictional goals. Fictional materialistic endeavors. Jake, in order to be successful, you have to, you have to drive this kind of car, and you have to fall under this category, and you need to have this kind of wife, and you need to have this kind of life, and that's what will make you successful and fulfilled. And once again, I worked at a very highfalutin golf course for two and a half years. Those people are miserable. The most miserable people you will ever come across for the most part. Now, some of them were great and some of them were happy. You, they got it. 
But most people, what they did, they spent their entire life chasing, chasing this idea of materialism and material goods and big bank accounts and fancy cars and boob jobs for their wife and stupid stuff. Because that's what society tells you that you need. That's what society says. Here's what will make you successful. Here's what will make you feel fulfilled. No, what makes you feel fulfilled is human interaction, is growing something, is building something, is having a, a life that is, that is rewarding where you're thinking and, and comprehending and contemplating and strategizing. That's what fulfills me. That's why I love sales because it's always about strategy. Of course, the end result is trying to get something, and I look at it in a very, um, I guess, libertarian point of view. I want to present something to show someone the value so that they will freely exchange with me their capital. That's it. It's just a free exchange between individuals or groups. But what they've gotten in society now is this idea that if you cheat people, if you con people, if you, if you don't ever have any integrity, then that's what's going to get you ahead. Yeah, it'll get you ahead for a little bit. But I guarantee you these people that are multi-multi-millionaires that have stepped all over people, unless they're psychopaths or secondary psychopaths, which is, once again, a very distinct possibility, that, that they're not happy. And I guess at the end of the day, we have to figure out what's going to make us happy. What's going to make you fulfilled? Being politically involved helps me. I mean, it always did. Just because it feels good to go out there and, and, and fight and push for something that you believe in. But you have to use the right tactics. And I think that it's really sad that a lot of political people want to get out there and yell and shout to try to get their point across. No, you have to engage. You have to converse. You have, to, you have to take it to another level. You have to get past the, the, the mental, stunted, high school, junior high, societal um, idiosyncrasies that we're stuck with. And we are stuck with them because people navigate in those societal, those societal levels. It's like when people when, – when you explain to people like – there was a company that one of you know there was a company that one of my comp um, one of my um, one of my buddies was meeting with, and he's like, yeah, they don't talk about it X Y. They can't even tell me what their job title is. I'm like, yeah, dude, they're a government contractor. I'm like, they can't tell you squat. Oh, and by the way, those guys used to build Nazi warplanes, and they were shocked. They're like, huh? I'm like, yes, come on, man. Don't you know anything about the people that you're sitting down with? And that's kind of the, the just of society, is that we have moved to this idea, we've moved to this societal, I guess, um, strata, to where we look at everything at face value, or not, I don't want to say we as in everyone, let's, the people that we're trying to reach look at everything in face value, and they take everything at face value, and I've said this before, and I'm just going to reiterate it, because I think it's very pertinent. The people that take everything at face value is because they're overwhelmed. They're inundated. There's too much info. Info's everywhere. Everything's buying for your attention. Your children are buying for your attention. Your commercials that you say on TV are buying for your attention. The commercials that are on Pandora are buying for your attention. All of these things are trying to get your attention. And what happens if you're not a centered, ground, conscious person? You are floating through a maze of distractions. All of these things are frivolous. A lot of them are, excuse me, not all, a lot of them are frivolous. But do we do them because they're comfortable for us, or do we do them because we're distracted, or we do them because that's something that self-evaluation will teach you. You have to understand what gets you engaged, and be aware that when that happens, that you need to consciously resist it. You need to consciously resist the propaganda that they push at you because it's easy. Yes, it's easy to hate other groups. It's easy to go, oh, it's the Muslims. Oh, it's the, it's the, it's the Russians. Oh, it's the Chinese. Oh, it's the – no, no, no. That is not a holistic view on life. Those are individual 
once again, individual human units over there, making up a society, all because they live on the same geographic landmass. They don't all share the same belief. Their government might tell you that they do, because if not, then you know some kind of military force is coming to either arrest them or, or to shoot them, depending on what kind of society they live in. And America is most, has, has a, just as good a chance as any is going that way. Because authoritarians are now thinking that it is, it is their job to tell you how to live your life. Where we need the pendulum to swing back the other way. Where it's you have no right to tell me what to do with my life. And I just like I have no right to tell you what to do with yours just as long as it doesn't infringe on me. I've, I've driven this or drawn this analogy a couple of times as well, so I use it again. I don't care if my neighbor shoots up heroin in his house, as long as he doesn't get behind the wheel of a car and put anybody else in danger. It's his, it's his property, and I've actually been listening to some Mark Passio lately, and it just kind of got me back to this idea of property and, and the intellect and the, and, and the value. Well, the value of all of us. We're valuable. You're a valuable unit. Everybody's a valuable unit in this, on this rock floating in the middle of space, which is probably a, a three-dimensional hologram projection. So what does that even mean? So that means that we're here. If we're put in a simulation, let's call it a simulation. Let's call it a simulation for a minute. If we're put into the simulation, why are we here? I think it's very fascinating how many people never ask that question. Probably people that will go their entire life without asking that question. What are we here? Why are we? What do you mean we don't exist? What do you mean that matter is not really solid? What do you mean that? What? No, it's got to be. No, because I learned in, in science classes there are solids, liquids, and gases. And then, no. I'm sorry. Quantum physics has destroyed your idea of what reality is. So why are we here? There's only one logical explanation. To learn and love. That's it. Don't be the don't be the antithesis of love. Just be love. I mean it's very simple. You know what you know what would be easy an easy way to love your neighbor? Is to let them do what they want. Isn't that really simple? The easiest way to love somebody is let them do what they want to do. And don't infringe on it. Unless it's going to infringe on you, and then you're more than you're more than within your rights to defend yourself or defend the situation. But if there's nothing that they're doing wrong to you, then or there's nothing they're doing to endanger you, then you shouldn't care. Because that's how you show them love. Is you let them do what they want. And I think it's funny because these people that are authoritarians will tell you that they're doing this stuff because they love you and they want to keep you safe and they want society to be better and all of that. No, no, no. You're, you're actually not using love. You're not giving the individual the chance to do what they want to do. You ever hear that old adage, if you love someone, set them free? And if it comes back to you, it was meant to be that kind of stuff. That's what it is. It's just showing somebody that you love them. Let them, let them be free. If they want to wreck their lives, that's their, that's their deal. Let them wreck their lives. Don't stand in and point guns at them. Don't take half of their money and tell them it's for their own good. When a lot of it gets siphoned off into special interests and payoffs and, and black budgets and all kinds of crazy stuff. See, I think if the American public and and I and I don't know if this is just me being a, a rabid nationalist or what kind of psychological issue this is, but I think that humans, if we give our, if we if we're given the chance, we'll make the right choice. We'll make the right choice, but we have to make the choice on facts, and you have to be willing to accept facts rather than. Cling to your opinions. Because that's the only way it's going to work. The only way it's going to work is if we just break with our opinionated selves. Break with your ego. And move forward. And understand that 
Hey, I don't know everything. Let's look at this from a purely brass tax. Here, give me the information that you have. I'll tell you the information that I have with my facts, and let's look at this together as a piece, as a whole piece of a pie, and see what we come up with. But that's not the way society operates. That's not the way that you've been conditioned to operate. Remember, school, governmental schooling is conditioning. It has got to condition you that you need the state. Because how on earth would society exist without the state? It's very bizarre. And I think my mic's doing that ducking thing, so if it is, guys, I am so sorry. We'll um, we'll try to get something figured out here and during editing, but... Um, And I, I don't know why I'm recording the podcast the way that I'm doing it right now. But I think that in all of my geopolitical studies and all of my, I guess, understanding that I'm coming to some, some very subtle realizations. And I do want to make this podcast much more than just politics and doom and gloom and libertarian sociological ideology. It just needs to be real. Be real with each other. Be real with yourself. Do you know that? Or are you just saying that because you heard it somewhere? I did that for a long time. I never researched stuff. I just thought, hey, that sounded good. Yeah, I'll do that. Hey, that sounds good. I'll do that. And I think that a lot of us do that. And it's really sad because that's not that's not doing anything for society. It's not doing anything for you. It's not doing anything for moving the species forward, which is what I'm about. Why would you not want to move the species forward? Why would you not want to go into outer space? Maybe not you. I don't, you don't have to go if you don't want to. If you're scared of heights, it's cool. But give us the opportunity. And I know that people say, well, you just believe in the, the government. Listen, I got information to back up my reasoning. You have puppy love, infatuation, narcissistic Stockholm Syndrome. For some reason, you think that there is a powerful entity out there that is a with a mommy or a daddy complex. I don't know which one it is. It's a parent complex because our whole lives we've had parents, and then when we're let loose into the world, it's like, oh, man, I don't have anybody to tell me where to go and what to do and how to do it anymore. And for some people, they accept the challenge and, and move on and rise up and, and intellectually grow and, and, and evolve their human psyche and start wanting to engage people and have interesting conversations and 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 move society forward but there's some of you that are so timid it is sad what are you afraid of dying it's a simulation what the why do you care oh you you think that you're gonna really you're gonna do you're gonna be able to cheat death you're gonna be the first one you're going to be the first one that makes it, right? We don't make it. It's a quote, it's a quote that I heard on Van Wilder when I was in college, and it just really stuck with me. Don't take life too seriously. You're never going to get out alive. What a great quote. Doesn't mean go off and be a jackass everywhere, but you have to understand that with some... <sighs> microfiber of your being that you can't be so afraid can't be afraid of government you can't be afraid of the state you can't be afraid of police you can't listen what are you guys being afraid of if you study the the occult and if you study the the people that are social engineers they keep you in a constant state of fear because fear is easy to control because all you have to do in fear is offer the solution of protection or safety that's it. Why do you think they do it? It's not rocket science, people. So if you ascend above the fear, if you can listen to Alex Jones and not pee your pants because you think that we're gonna, he's gonna, that somebody's gonna set nukes off this this shadowy group's gonna set nukes off and and that they're gonna be martial law and all this, it's not going to happen. It's distractionary. And I know that he talks about that we can come in for the win and all this stuff. And that's great. And the reason that I segment Alex out in a lot of my podcasts is because I do listen to him. And I listen to him for a couple of reasons. Because I want to understand where the 
social ideas of the quote-unquote awake society are. Because a lot of people call in and it's just playing kissy face with Alex Jones. That Alex Jones has done all this stuff for you. No, he's given you the keys. Now you have to take it and go to the next level. You have to. We can't sit here and and sit and, and think about the globalists and we're going to fight these guys. No, no. The way that you fight and win, it's just like what his his tagline says. It's a war on for your mind. Win the, win the mental battle. Just win it and get other people to win it. Hey, if you don't own your property, you're a serf, you're a slave. If you pay property tax, you're a slave. And then you have people that that make excuses for it. Well, no, because if we – no, no, no. There is no well, no, if. How many people do you think said that crap back in, in, in the Middle Ages when they invented serfdom because of all of the elites that died out and because – you know, a third of the population, we don't actually know the numbers, but the, the, the best guess is a third of the population was wiped out by the plague. So they created a new slavery system and made you feel free and you bought it. I know it's difficult to think about, oh my God, what if I give up? I have to give up my, my money? Uh, it's not there. It's not real. So yeah, you got to give up a bunch of fake stuff. Yeah, that's... But why is it so hard to for us to in this in this awake and, and and knowledgeable society? Why is it so hard for us to go? Hey, we can do that. Yeah, we can probably do that. That doesn't seem very difficult. Let's just get a bunch of really smart guys together. Yeah, and we'll have a discussion about how we transition away from this. People wrote books about how to transition away. How about localize everything? But what about what about societies that are going to invade us? Samuel 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 Edward Conkin the Third tackles that really well in his book. He says, "Well, if we start freeing our minds, if we start living a completely libertarian idea, and little L libertarian, not the big L, because you can't vote for freedom; you can only vote for enslavement." I've come to that realization too. It's a, the challenge with the Constitution is the constitutionalists are. Saying that we need a piece of paper to declare that our that we're free, and you don't need that. I mean, it's a good start. It's you know, it's it's kind of crappy that we went away from an idea that was pretty decent. You know, ideas that we if we don't put these things down on paper, that government's going to trample them anyway. No, you just you just educate people in a certain way, and then turn them loose. And Josh and I had a really great conversation, and I actually recorded it, but it it got. Unfortunately, it skewed. It was probably kind of good because I'd had a couple of, we both had a couple of uh, drinks. But those are typically when you have your best conversations, when you loosen up the tongue and the mind, and and just kind of let stuff flow. But we were talking about how all you would have to do is educate someone until about the age of thirteen, teach them, teach them the trivium, the quadrivium, give them the tools to learn, and then just turn them loose. With the internet, you can be whatever you want to be. We really do live in that society now where you could be whatever you wanted to be. Because then you would see the fraud of foreign aid. You would see the fraud of NGOs. You would see the fraud of a lot of this stuff. It's like, why do people form nonprofits? Well, you form a nonprofit. The majority, the majority of the time, you form a nonprofit for a good reason and also because you don't want to pay taxes. A lot of these nonprofit organizations are un- owned by billionaires. Huh. Well, if I do that, then I can, you know, have my charitable donate. No. It's a con game. We live in a big con, everybody. Government does not need to exist. Hey, Joe Rogan even said that. Of course, I think we'll disagree on what kind of society that we want. And I haven't even listened to his show in a long time, but I've heard him say that before. With the modern technology, why do we need government? Well, the answer is you don't. You haven't needed government for quite some time, but it's the the Stockholm Syndrome, the need for a parent. I don't know where it all comes from. Because I asked this, uh, this guy that I'm friends with, I said, well... He's like, well, are you going to go vote? And I said, no, I'm not going to go vote. And I'm like, vote for what, my own enslavement? No, no thanks. 
He's like, well, why do you why do you say that? Are you a communist? I said, no. What would you call it if you had if you went and elected somebody else to make rules that you have to live under, that you get no say over? Well, you get a say. You can call them. Yeah, I can call them and write in. No. How about we just go with basic freedom and then, yeah, it'll create a semi chaotic world for a little bit, but society will stabilize. You don't need that. You don't need to use force and coercion to get people to do things that they don't want to do. Because what's going to happen is the majority of the time people are going to do it anyway. Yeah, you know what? We could if we just if we just outlawed rape and murder, then nobody would ever do it. And that's the thing that I can't get about people that want to write more laws and get stuff done. Congress needs to get stuff done. No, quit passing laws, repeal most of them. Why do you not want freedom? I don't understand that. Why do you not want to be able to do what you want to do and have social change? See, the, the only challenge with a, uh, a neoliberal is that they want to use the weapon of the state to create social change. So, so dangerous. Because eventually who's going to create the social platform are the elite groups at the top. And they love that. Oh, you're going to use the state to to get across an agenda? <laughs> Shoot, we've been doing that for like 500 years. More power to you. Oh, you want you want more protection? That's what you want. I can't remember who said it. I think it was Adam Kokesh that said that that government is a um, is a protection racket, which it really is. Think about it psychologically. I mean, what do they do? They're they're taking half of your money to offer you protection from yourself and from foreign invaders. It's con. It's con game. Well, what are you going to do against countries with, you know, jets and stuff? Listen, you can figure it out in a voluntary society. You can figure it out in a voluntary fashion. Listen, my, my cousin loves to fly jets. There are plenty of people out there who love to fly jets. Let them do that. Let them be a security force. Let them be, let them be a, a standing secure army, whatever. Not a standing secure army, excuse me. Let them be a voluntary army that gets to train and practice and you don't give them money through taxation. You donate to them. How free do you want to be? How safe do you want to be? Of course, you're going to have to get ready because there's going to be hardcore propaganda, but who cares? What do you think we have now? It's so funny that we have to break with this idea that that our government currently funds radical jihadists to overthrow nation states for us to go over there as a pretext to bomb them, to bomb people, kill people. People, what are we doing? I understand that you have to kill somebody in, in a one-on-one in -on -one situation because they're going to come and harm you or harm your property. Because you or your property, which would be your home or, or anything that you own... And that's another thing we probably need to talk about is ownership. But that's what we need to, to get to. We need to get to a point where if you enlighten everyone around the world to this idea of freedom and liberty, who are going to be the people that go out and kill? Little private groups? If you don't have the conglomerate of government? Driven by politicians? And it's so funny that everybody thinks that politicians are so stupid... But yet you let them go off to war. You let them do these things. And you never hold their feet to the fire. You just bitch and complain. And it's not getting politically involved is going to change much. Get psychologically involved. You are under a huge psychological warfare operation. And I don't know how to say it to you any differently than that. Because what we face are psychopaths. Utilizing mind control to get you to be a slave, a willing slave. Hey, Aldous Huxley said, I think that people, when this is the scary part, will begin to love their servitude. You do. You love it. You love being a serf. You love being a slave. You love saying, well, somebody said that, you know, 55 years ago that we can't smoke marijuana because it's bad and the devil's got it. The devil. And, um, yeah, you shouldn't do that. All right, so can we reevaluate that? No. <laughs> Listen, mm -mm, that was a law that has been the law and is going to be the law. No. 
need to have a real debate about this. Have you looked at the information? I don't need to look at it. See, if a person ever says that to you, just walk away. And then just start saying, you know what? I think Doug Flutie was the best quarterback. And if, you, if you're talking to a sports nerd, just say, I think that Byron Leftwich was the greatest quarterback that ever lived on this planet, bar none. And they'll go, no, no, what, what? Well, no, you go, no, I don't need your information. I already know. I already know that he was. And they're going to get so hopping mad, but that's fine. Say, look, that's what you just did to me. Intellectually, that's what you did to me. You are bringing an argument with no reason, basis, or fact and saying that this is the way that it is. Where I'm offering you statistics, we'll use the football analogy some more. I'm using yardage, touchdown, games won, Super Bowls won, all this information pertinent to the conversation that we're having. And you willfully deny that the information is even there. So, very, very interesting. And sorry I've been on kind of a, a, a mental diatribe this morning, but sometimes you have to do it, everybody. I hope it's an interesting show for you guys to listen to. And once again, share the show with people you love, people you like, and people you think might get something out of it. Or maybe we'll start questioning something. Who knows? Because at the end of the day, that's all we're here for, is to ask a bunch of questions and try to find out some answers. And maybe, heck, maybe build some kind of interstellar planetary space station. Maybe. But then you have people that are elitists that think that they're going to use our energy to do that for themselves and then wipe us all out. Not just me saying that. Pretty much the ball game. Pretty much the game plan. Transhumanism, eugenesis. They believe that they have already won. They're, they are the breakaway civilization. And you're just here taking up space. Useless eaters. Henry Kissinger, you are now a useless eater, so go kill yourself. You really are, you fat slob. So, you're not doing anything to society except for pushing an insanely bizarre foreign policy. But but who's keeping tabs on that? You know, I got uh, football's coming on here in a little bit. And sorry, if this show, uh, I think this show's going to air at 6 o'clock. It is, um, it is around 11 o'clock in the morning here, so... It is not live, but it is live because I never go back and edit things. The only thing I do is a little audio check here and there. So let's get into this idea now that I've gotten all that stuff out of the way. Let's get into this idea that maybe the Ebola could be worse than the government is telling you. (gasps) Government lied to me about something? Wait a minute. No, that can't be right. It can't be right. Mom and Dad would never lie. I was reading this children's book that my daughter has, and it's kind of it's really interesting. It's like, obey your parents, obey your parents. And it's like, okay, that's great. And it doesn't say obey your parents even if they're wrong. It just says obey your parents, obey your parents. And, you know, that's, that's a really good message. But then it also can be flipped on its head and say that you always need to obey authority. So just interesting how there's always two sides to a coin, and, and um, you always need to at least acknowledge the other the other side. I guess that really does tie into the idea that, that the Ebola thing could be worse than what the government's telling us because, hey, they've lied before. Hey, you know what? Those towers that came down and at the World Trade Center, that, is, that, that looks like a... Spe- nah, dude, it's fine. You don't need respirators. You're good. Ah, you're fine. Because the people that are in government are insanely bizarre people, first of all. Number two, you feel like that it's almost a religion of getting people to remain calm and just go along with it and then deal with the consequences later and then spin sell it. Because that's exactly what happened. They knew that that asbestos was going to kill those people, but they just, hey, hey, listen, listen, and this is some stupid... Almost dropped the F-bomb because I, I can't stand these people. I went to college with a bunch of them. Some PR nut job that's like, no, no, no. What we need to do is just let it go. Just be easy with it. And then we can just spin it on the back end. If some people get sick, we can just say that they were, you know, blah, blah, blah. So you guys are psychos. You think that you're molding reality? Reality doesn't change. Natural law doesn't give a flying you-know-what. 
if you can spin the fact that a bunch of people got killed from asbestos after the towers came down because they weren't told to wear their respirators or given respirators or anything. Ah, that was... See how we did that? See how we spun that? Yeah, because your ass is not going in there. Because you're sitting in your ivory tower giving people orders. So bizarre. So bizarre. So what, what about the Ebola outbreak? The so-called Ebola outbreak? Because once again, uh, heaven forbid, I doubt that my government tells me the truth. Oh my god. What a conspiracy theorist. You know, I'm starting to get an idea that conspiracy theorists, you know, with this title, then I'm just going to get a belt. I'm going to get like a the, the WWE belt or whatever it's called now. And I'm going to get conspiracy theorists written on it. Just because I'm wearing it now as a badge of honor. Because if you call me a conspiracy theorist because I don't believe the status quo and I don't believe that a bunch of narcissistic douchebags are going to tell me the truth about something that could cost them elections or popularity in their district or something like that, then call me a conspiracy theorist and I will wear the belt around my head. Because we have to get over this idea this grand idea that government is there to tell you the truth, that the media is there to tell you the truth and not spin it, that the media is not involved in a cover-up, because they would never do that. No, no, this would never happen. No. Stockholm Syndrome. Just like, I, I wish I could intellectually slap you in the face. Guess what? People lie. Humans lie. All the time. Probably every day you lie. They're like little white lies in your idea, but they're lies nonetheless. Well, Jake, what would be the better idea? The better idea would be to tell us the truth. Yep, we've had a bunch of Ebola outbreaks. Here's what we're doing to contain them. And we thought this would be better than just trying to keep this stuff from you. And then after the election, come out and say, well, we've now got 150 people in quarantine, but we we don't really know if they've got Ebola because of the time frame and all this other. And they're going to spin it however they're going to spin it because... They've got PR firms that will line up to run the op on you. Because it is. It's a psychological operation. I think I've told this many, many times. But I'm going to tell it one more time. I enjoyed marketing. I thought it was great. I thought it was fun. Until I realized what it was. You were trying to figure out the best way to manipulate somebody without actually putting a gun to their head. And saying, do this. And I couldn't live with that. Does that make me a bad person? Does it make me a great person? I don't know. I just couldn't live with the idea that the... And I guess this is where my libertarian mindset came in to play at, you know, shoot, 22 years old. Even though I didn't know what it was. I just thought that, hey, manipulating people to get them to do something that they don't want to do or give money for stuff that they don't want to give money for? That's wrong. That's morally wrong. If they want it, they should buy it themselves. But then you run into this idea that we have to make profit and we have to do things to raise our margins and blah, blah, blah. And then you get into the whole chase the dragon idea of, um, of a capitalistic system, which would be okay if we didn't have crony capitalism. If you didn't have big special interest groups writing laws to once again shut down freedoms for companies to do whatever they want. But Jake, if we deregulated everything, these companies would all pollute. Yeah, they would pollute for about five years. And then guess what? They'd be all gone. Because you couldn't do that. Because society would be so aware of who the polluters are through propaganda campaigns. And and those would actually be good propaganda campaigns. But informational campaigns, news stories, free media. Could you imagine? Could you imagine what would happen if Monsanto didn't have the protections it had in Washington? Could you imagine if they could actually do free tests on human beings outside of 90 days of what GMOs are doing to you? Could you imagine what would happen if the government finally sanctioned the tests? Look this up, people. Please look this up. For testing medicinal marijuana on cancer patients, it's been sitting in FDA for seven years. I think it's over that now. Sitting there. Medical marijuana states all over the country, but it sits there at the FDA level. Why? Because they don't want it legalized. Because you have to have something to put people in prison for, especially nonviolent people because they're great workers. 
They're not going to push back. They're going to do what they're told. Bobby just liked to smoke a joint on Saturdays, but now he's in jail making license plates for 25 cents an hour. And if you're one of those morons that says, good, make them work, you're a dumbass. Because eventually, they're going to put so many of us in damn prison, they're going to be doing everything from there to compete with China. If you would free up all the tariffs, all the trade, all this nonsense, why do we still have a trade war with Cuba? What is that all about? It's been 50 years, people. Baby boomers, sit down and shut up. Go take a bunch of Viagra and go live your retired life. You actually got to live through the type of economy that was actually good. Where me and the rest of society are going to have to figure out how to make this fiat system work for us. It's a joke. It's a joke. So there was an alternative conspiracy that the government's waiting till after. And who knows? Yeah, that's, that's a possibility. It's also a possibility it's not even real Ebola. It's also a possibility that it is Ebola. So what do we do? I don't know. I'm not the, I'm not the one giving you the answers. I'm giving you the different angles. Figure it out for yourself. My opinion, it could be real Ebola. And then who knows? Who knows how contagious it is because all the actuaries change on a daily basis. Who knows what kind of derivative or what kind of strain this is. What does it do? How long does it manifest? I mean, how long does it stay dormant or whatever it's called? I can't even I'm drawing a blank. Incubation period. There we go. So eventually, we just have to look at all the angles and then use the information to come up with the best conclusion. Scientific method, I guess. Whatever. But how did you learn all this stuff in high school? You learned all this stuff. I'm sure you did. Basic, you know, deductive reasoning. And then we just toss it out. Woo! I don't need that anymore. I'm in the real world now. I go to a corporate job. I try to do stuff. I push paperwork. Then I go home, watch Sports Center, drink a couple beers, have dinner, go to bed, wake up the next day, get ready for Saturday. I'm going to go down and watch the dogs play somebody, get blackout drunk like I'm 15 again. There's a, there's a segment of society that that is your life, and that is fine, because you're an individual, and it's your simulation. You get to do whatever you want, because I'm for freedom, and I'm not here as a nanny state advocate, and I'm not here as a, as a neoliberal to use the weapon of the state to make you do what I think you should be doing. Because if you think about it, neoliberals, if you think about it, it could get very dangerous if you're telling me that, oh, well, you need to accept, and I'm just going to use this. I'm not going to give my opinion on this. You need to accept gay marriage. You need to accept abortion. You need to accept all these things. You, you, you need to do, do, do. Okay, great. You need a gun. If you're going to do, oh, no, 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 I, I choose not to have a gun. Well, I choose not to have an abortion. No, you can't do that. No, well, I mean, well, I choose not to be taxed. Oh, you can't do that either. It's very, very odd that you would try to pour, push your individual views upon someone using the weapon of the state. Because eventually the state's going to make a law that makes something that you do illegal, and then you're going to end up in a prison right next to me. But you know what? You cozied up to it. You loved your attacker. You loved your abuser. You had Stockholm Syndrome with the government. You just said, man, government, you're so good. You just take care of me, and you make it so anybody that bothers me that I can send them to jail or I can call the cops. That's another thing. You people that call the cops for everything... Holy cow, go away. Move to North Korea or something. It's like if if uh, here's an example, my old neighbors, I'll go ahead and say it. My old neighbors called the cops on two people out arguing in front of their house. Well, it seemed like it could get violent. Go say something. Go say, "Hey, hey, hey. Everything all right? You guys okay?" Cuz if you start fighting, I'm going to call the cops. Like fisticuffs, but you can argue all you want. Like, whose right is it to yours to go onto somebody else's property or look at somebody on their property and say, you know what? I need to get the state involved. I need an arbitrator out here that has a gun and a badge and a will to dominate. I need to get them in charge because, you know what? They'll straighten it up, and then I'll get to go back to my life. No, not how freedom works. Don't use a weapon of the state to get your freedom back. Nope. 
That's why I can't do politics. That's why I can't do some of the things that I, that some people do. I just can't. And I'm sorry for just this interesting psychological data dump this morning. But I think that these are things that we all need to think about. Once again, have conversations with people, everyone. Enjoy the love and the human interaction that is this planet. Enjoy the psychological interaction with somebody that differs from you. That's the other thing. It's like you ever talk to people that disagree with you and they just, they will avoid you because they disagree. It's like, no, no, no. Let's talk. Let's have a conversation. Why do you think that? Why do you think that's okay? Here's why I think it's not okay. We don't have to agree. doesn't mean that I have to agree with you on everything. It's the weirdest thing about politics now. It's like you have to agree with 100% of my policies even though I have no factual accurate representation to, to, um, to back up my policies. If you don't agree with them, then oh man. And that's where this, like, um, this um, intellectual cop-out stuff comes in like you're racist or you're sexist or something like that. It's just morally bankrupt stuff. Just morally, intellectually bankrupt. You can't tell me I'm a racist. You can't, you can't say any of these other derogatory terms, ad hominem attacks to make me think any differently. The only thing I'm going to think is that you're an intellectually stunted human being and I feel sorry for you. And I would like to try to break you out of your paradigm. There's nothing wrong with religion, but I don't want you pushing it on me because I have a certain idea of what I think religion is. And if I tell you that, you're not allowed to get offended. I mean, you're allowed to get offended, but you're not allowed to just you know sit there and, and berate me for having an opinion on what I believe religion is. A bunch of contrived stories by other human beings to get people to do what they want. Once again, socially, morally, and more importantly, through the laws of nature, we can, we can solve a lot of these challenges. Do you, are you are you a religious person? That's a really weird question. I am a very spiritual person because I've done a lot of research into what this reality frame is, and it confuses me. So what is religion? Is this a religious simulation? I don't know. I don't know what kind of simulation we're in. But all I know is that a bunch of people that are a lot smarter than me, that have spent a lot more time studying this stuff, through physics and other mathematical equations, have come to the realization that we are in some type of simulation. Who knows? Call it a... I think it's a simulation to try to get us to move to the next level of consciousness. That's what I would say. And I'm saying us as a collective consciousness, as a human species, as... See, when I was talking to Tom Campbell and... And through our interview, which I've got two of them posted on YouTube. One of them's got like 4,000 views or 3,000 views. The other one's got like 200. But the second one, I think, is far better. Because I was just having a conversation with him, not um, talking about the psychological and, and scientific ex- you know, significance of, of, of his findings. But you have to look at what makes this world go around, and what makes the world go is love. And that's why psychopaths are kind of scary. They think that they're the next evolution in human behavior because they don't have empathy. I think that you're rejects. I, I really do. I think that you're outliers. Just like I think these authoritarian people that got brainwashed are outliers. You're, you're not what the norm should be. That is not the norm. That is not the norm of anything in nature. Only in human beings do we see such a diverse range of um, of mental capacity. Herd animal. We're herd animal too. That's what's so strange. And that's why I think that you know it's oh so easy for us to get brainwashed by the state and by people in control and you know and global comptrollers and and psychologists and sociologists. Because that's what it is. We're just in a big sociological petri dish. But I think if we break with it, then we can find out the real meaning of this place that we're at. This simulation. I think that that would be fascinating. I think that we should support research to do that. So, I think that's going to do it for the show this morning, guys. Um, I do appreciate, once again, 
get a friend, get informed, and get involved. If you, if you like what I say, if you if you like the conversations that that we have on the show, please share it with people you know, people you love, and people you like. Because if we can get the conversation going, once again, interacting with other human beings, God, how dare we? That was the thing that I actually was trying to get to, and then I lost it. Now I've actually recaptured it. But when Tom Campbell said that that the only time that anything becomes real is when it's either written down or put into the universe. So if we think about it like that, every conversation that you have with somebody that's meaningful is in the universe now. It is added to the data stream. It is added to the collective consciousness. So if we have more conversations about love and more conversations about um, individual freedom and more conversations and more, 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 and put more emphasis on it and more energy and more time and more effort and more love out into this culture, into this society, out into this universe, then we could probably change it. But you have to get away from the fear. We have to step away from the idea that not knowing something isn't bad. Not knowing something is actually good because it gives us the opportunity to learn. So thanks for listening, everybody. Tune in next week. We are not cattle. Get a friend, get informed, and get involved. Peace, love, and liberty, everyone.